What's going on, Chief Coach Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Kevin Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? All right. So today we are going to talk a little best ball uh, drafting, best ball strategy. Uh, for those of you who may not know, best ball is kind of just so it's basically a situation where you just draft your team and your best scores wind up being in your lineup. So, you know, you have your two best running backs, their score goes up, your two rest receivers, your best quarterback score, uh, your flex will be between your best, you know, flex positions, your best tight end, so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, basically you're not really playing anybody. It's more of a, a season long uh, tally, at least, you know, for the ones that I've done. Have you been done? Have you done any head to head matchups with that? Uh, I haven't, but. No, I haven't done any, any head-to-heads, not yet. Yeah, mine are always mine are always just season-long, whoever scores the most points for a year. Uh, but it, the strategy changes a little bit. You start to target different players and stuff. So we'll get into a little strategy there uh, for guys that, you know, may want to start doing best ball or have been doing it and haven't been successful. Uh, but first, we're going to get into a little bit of news. Uh Patrick Mahomes just got a 10-year, 450, 477, 523. Like, <laughs> these are the numbers we're talking about here. Like, I think they said the max he can get is like $523 million over 10 years. That's that is awesome. ridiculous. That's $53 million a year. <laughs> That's awesome. It's 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 honestly groundbreaking like this like i is this the first 10-year contract in the nfl i've never i the long i've honestly before last year never knew of a a contract longer than five years like when zeke got a six-year contract i was kind of like oh snap like a six-year deal i don't ever remember that like a deal longer than five years in the nfl i could be wrong on that but yeah, I actually am going to look it up now because I don't remember ever hearing of a 10-year contract. I know there's been other sports where they've given guys like 10 years. Yeah, hockey baseball, gets like hockey. 13, yeah, hockey gets like 13-year deals. Yeah. Baseball started doing 10-year deals. Um, yeah. yeah, basketball doesn't do any 10-year deals. No. But, I mean, they have, they have max player restrictions that kind of restrict you know, restrict guys to four and five year contracts. Uh, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes staying with Kansas city for 10 years is just, it's phenomenal. You know, honestly, the deal, uh, looking at it from what, you know, I was reading up on it, you know, it basically is very backloaded. So what it does is allows them over the first five years to, you know, recruit a lot of players. And as the salary cap is going to rise, um, it's going to keep them competitive in free agency and, you know, keep making sure they keep talent on their team. So basically the back end of the deal, you know, why, he may be getting more money, but due to the fact that the cap is going to go up, it's going to, you know, basically that be them getting a steal on Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, basically what they were saying was the deal is great for both of these guys, both both sides because the chiefs get him for 10 years and the deal works out well for them. And then Mahomes gets $500 million. So yeah, ends up working out for him at the end. So real quick, we'll just go over some real quick guys that have gotten 10 plus year deals, either 10 years or more. So 
The longest deal in the NFL history was Donovan McNabb signed a 12-year deal with the Eagles in 2002 that made him... It's amazing that I don't remember that. Yeah, right? 12-year deal, (laughs) uh, maximum of $115 million over that 12 years. Brett Favre signed a lifetime contract in 2001, which he agreed 10 years, $100 million to the Packers. Drew Bledsoe received uh, 10 years, $103 million deal from the Patriots in 2001, and then they found out Tom Brady was better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Mike Vick signed a 10-year deal, $130 million contract with the Falcons on Christmas Eve of 2004. And then after that, it was Dante Culpepper signed a uh, 10-year deal worth a $102 million contract with the Vikings in 2003. So those are all 10 years or more contracts. uh, And they're all quarterbacks. And they're all quarterbacks. Every single one of them is a quarterback. No, nobody nobody signing running backs and receivers to that that kind of commitment. Receivers wind up getting a little too crazy because they're all divas, and then running backs don't last that long because they get beat down so much. So, yeah, and if you really think about it, like of of these guys that got the money, so Donovan McNabb, twelve years, that ended up working out because they signed him in two thousand and two, and Donovan McNabb was basically good until what two thousand and thirteen is when he basically fell off. Well, he he was actually gone in 2000. When did he leave? Cuz 2009 we went the we went to the NFC Championship against yep. Arizona. Yep, it was the year that, was that? it was the year right before Andy Reid left. So, it was 2010 probably. I was going to say it might be like 2009 or 10, something like that. So, that's that actually still works out for the Eagles, and they because, got out of that deal. I think they released them or they cut them or something. Yeah, I don't something. think they traded them to the Redskins. No, no, they definitely cut them because I remember, I remember uh, as soon as he got cut, the Redskins were on him like yeah. real quick. He signed like within a couple of days. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. So really, Donovan McNabb ended up working out because they signed him in 2002. He plays until 2009, so that's seven years you're getting out of a quarterback. That's great. Uh, Brett Favre. You know, I mean, we all know what happened with Brett Favre. I mean, 2001, uh, and then they had him for a 10-year contract, and then Aaron Rodgers came, like, what, 2011, I think it was, 2010. Uh, that's probably where he – I think – well, yeah, I think – yeah, it had to be around there because I think 2011 is when – so, yeah, 2010, but – yeah, so yeah, I mean that, that their contract worked out. Brett Favre was a monster for years. Exactly. Kept him competitive, even though he I don't think he won during that time. Like cuz yeah. you said that it was what he, 2000 2001. So when did they win the Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, so nah, they won in 96. Yeah, 96 or 7 or somewhere. No. Maybe 98. Well, I think 2000... John Elway won in 96 and 97. So it was the Broncos in, the, in yep. that year. I think they won the following year. But think, yeah. either way, it wasn't during that contract where they won. But still, I mean, they were competitive for every year, every year. you know. And then Michael Vick, that sucked. Dante Culpepper, that really sucked. <laughs> then Drew yeah. Bledsoe. I mean, Drew Bledsoe, that was horrendous. So, you know, two out of five ain't bad, I guess. Yeah, and Mahomes, it's going to be three out of six because Mahomes <laughs> is going to pay now. Yeah, Mahomes is awesome. So, all right. Um, and the other thing that I saw recently uh, was that the running backs coach for the Kansas City Chiefs expects a big jump from Damian Williams this year. Yeah. So 
<laughs> if that's what they're telling you, they are telling you the same thing we're telling you. Yeah, so, I mean, don't, don't, you know, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, but I've been, I, me and Steve both have been saying that Damian Williams is going to be the starter and that CH is really not going to get as much work as what people think. Like, people drafting this guy like 20. I think we're looking at the best ball rankings right now, and I think they have CEH at like, that's 20 on fantasy pros so i mean i i don't know how you're getting that going that high on a guy that we don't know that he's going to get that much work i mean you know damian williams was the you know basically the mvp of the super bowl i mean they they gave it to mahomes but they could have easily given it to damian williams he's been like that the last two playoff runs he's going to have his opportunity in the beginning of the year i mean last year they gave it to him he got hurt this year, they're going to give it to him again. It's just they, they kind of have to at this point. He's shown that he, you know, he has the talent to be a good running back in the NFL. Yep, and they got him at wide receiver, I mean, uh, running back 35. So Damian Williams, the number 101 overall pick. So running back 35. Expect, and like Okay, so I won't go crazy. You know what I mean? I'll just elaborate a little bit on what Kev is saying that with, like, to take CEH in a best ball league, and, and I'm, we're going to break down like our strategies for best ball. So I don't know if your strategy is the same as mine, Kev, but you know, to me, if Damian Williams, if you're doing a best ball right now and you're getting him at pick 101, like you're going to be extremely happy, especially, you know, I mean, especially if he plays well in the beginning of the season, like he's not going to lose his job to a rookie, not in an Andy Reid system. It's just not going to happen. All right, so let's get into that strategy a little bit. So let me ask you this to start it off. Does your strategy in the beginning, in the beginning rounds, change at all? Yes, it changes. To me, it changes a lot. So I have a completely different strategy in best ball leagues than I do in redraft. So in redraft, I look at I look at guys and I will take chances in redraft leagues in the first like six rounds. I'll go higher on a guy that I'm like in round two, I might take someone, you know, like a, like a Todd Gurley for an example, because if Todd Gurley is a home run for me, you know what I mean? I'm getting Todd Gurley in the second round and then I'm just kind of working my team that way. So I'll take chances on, on, and I'm not saying specifically Todd Gurley. I'm just giving that example because he's a round three guy. And if I have a pick in the middle of round two and I know coming back, he's probably not going to be there for me. I'll take him there. As we're in a best ball league, I'm not doing that. In a best ball league, because of you not being able to pick up players off the waiver wire and things like that, I think your first eight rounds, you need to be as safe as possible. Like the players that you choose need to be really, really safe. So like in a best ball league for me, for an example, I would take, you know, if I have the first two picks, obviously like McCaffrey and Barkley and then... After that, it gets really and honestly, I, I wouldn't would even take Chief. Bark. Yeah, and after and that's the thing. Like for me, I wouldn't. I don't even know if I would take Barkley at two in a best ball because I feel more confident in Michael Thomas scoring, you know, getting over a hundred catches and scoring at least eight touchdowns than I do with Saquon Barkley having an amazing season this year because of I don't know how good the Giants are going to be. So in a best ball league, I'd rather take the safety of a Michael Thomas in the in the earlier picks than you know, hope that Saquon blows up this year. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. 
So, you know, that that's kind of the strategy for me with best ball. I think you need to be super, super safe and take guys that you're super, super confident in for the eight first eight rounds. And then from rate, round eight on, I'm, I'm going for home runs. I'm going for the Deshaun Jacksons and I'm going for the, you know, Hollywood Browns and I'm going for all those guys that can win me weeks. So I know I'm getting a solid set of points from guys. And then after that, I'm going, I'm going balls to the wall, trying to hit home runs. Yeah. Honestly, for the first, I would say I kind of just stick to my regular ranks for the first, you know, six rounds at least, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I did one a month ago, and my first round pick was Dalvin Cook. Um, obviously, this was before Dalvin Cook even said he was holding out. Uh, you know, but you know, basically number four for me—that's he was the best. He was the player that I had highest. Zeke was still there. I actually have Dalvin Cook higher in my personal rankings than Zeke. Zeke is obviously a safer play. Zeke, Zeke might be outside of McCaffrey. Zeke might be the safest player in in the league in. You know, in fantasy, uh, if he's playing, you know, as long as he's not suspended because he doesn't get hurt, he misses games from suspensions and he's not suspended this year. So, you know, Zeke is literally this one of the safer players. Him and McCaffrey have not missed games. They've and whenever they're on the field, they produce. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, with me, you know, I just kind of go by my my ranking, my re- traditional rankings and and. You know, I like Dalvin Cook. It's a guy I'm high on this year, and I went with Dalvin Cook. Came back around in the second round and got Aaron Jones. Um, Aaron Jones is a guy that, you know, a lot of people are a little skeptical of. But, you know, in my ranks, I got Aaron Jones as, as a basically an early second-round pick. And I was I kind of got him at the back end of the second round. So I was kind of happy with that. But, mm-hmm. yeah, for the first six rounds, I, I would say my strategy is majorly different. I just kind of go by my ranks and then – like you said, once 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 you get into those, I would say seven, you know, eight, seven, eight, nine, ten, you know, around there, you just start taking home runs. I mean, and best ball drafts usually have like twenty four rounds, so you're getting a ton of players. Yeah. Uh, you know, but yeah, I mean, basically for me, it doesn't really change early in the draft. It more so just you know, I'll I'll wind up taking home runs a lot earlier like you said the deshaun jackson you know the you know um will fuller guys like that just go you know go go a lot earlier in my book in a, in a best ball draft yeah and, and that's and that's the other thing like when i'm saying like home run guys i'm not talking about like your rookies that i think will explode and and i'm talking about guys that i know for a fact can win me a week you know what i mean like let's say you know and and this is the other thing. So when we're talking strategy, you need to get a quarterback earlier in best ball, right? You do not want to be the last team to take a quarterback in a best ball league. And this is why. Because if you take, you know, let's say you wait, you're the guy that waited too long. And now you have Nick Foles and you have, uh, you know, who who else do you have? You have just just the bottom of the you, barrel. Dude, what are you trying to you trying to come in my team now? <laughs> you see my team? <laughs> no. I waited too long in that draft. I have Dwayne Haskins and Nick Foles and I had Jared Stidham, which is not looking yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, right. that's that hurt that'll hurt you. I waited like two rounds too late too. Yeah. Because, like, and that's the thing with best ball, because if you wait too long on quarterback, I think people don't realize like 
when the quarterbacks start to go, they go. They're gone. Yeah. You know what I mean, everybody start like it's it, it's it's not like in your redraft leagues. In your redraft leagues, people are kind of like, all right, cool. He's already got one quarterback. I'm not worried about my quarterback. Yeah. But in best ball, your quarterback gets hurt. You can't pick somebody else up. So you need two at least yeah. two really good guys, and then one one guy that's just going to be stable. You know what I mean? You, and you need that. So you might do. You know your your favorite quarterback, your other quarterback, and then his backup, or you know the better backup of the two. I've seen people do that a lot. So you know yeah. I mean, I'll see somebody take like Drew Brees, and then they'll wait a couple of rounds, and then they'll come back and get, you know, yeah, Jameis Winston, or I'm mean, uh, what's his name, um, Taysom Hill. Yeah, Taysom Hill, or you know something like that. So it's it, it's that strategy works, but. In best ball, it's just I'm not kidding you. Round four, five, and six, guys start taking quarterbacks, and it's boom, 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 and it's not. It's a run of quarterbacks. It's not just like two guys. It's like four or five guys go, and then six or seven guys go after that. Yeah, and it's not even just that. Like I mean, in this draft that I did, I would say around round eleven, like everybody except maybe me and one other guy had two quarterbacks and neither one of us had a quarter had any quarterback. So like, I was like, all right, well, everybody's got two. So they're kind of good. And then all of a sudden do start drafting their third quarterback. And I ain't even <laughs> have one yet. And then this guy starts taking quarterback. He, you know, he went, he was saw the same thing. and was like, Oh shit, let me get two quarterbacks. So by the time it got back to me in that round, I was kind of left with, poop but uh yeah so so i i got i my the rest of my team i'm absolutely in love with but my quarterback position is a little rough in that in that best ball yeah. um so let's go over some guys all right like through the rounds i mean you know you talk you brought up michael thomas obviously he's one of the safer players zeke uh and mccaffrey uh what are some other guys like as you go in the upper echelon of rounds like you said like Guys that are safe, you know, guys that you think that you're comfortable taking. Let's go in the second round, like because we already mentioned a couple first rounders, like guys yeah. that right now with with second round ADPs. Second round ADP, like right now they have like so fantasy pros rankings right now has Julio at, at eleven, but I've done like three or four best balls and I have not seen Julio go that early. Julio is normally like the end. I mean, the middle of the second round, beginning of the second round. And to me, he's like the safest player you can get in the second round. You know, Julio's good for, you know, anywhere from 12 to 1500 receiving yards every single year. He's never going to let you down receiving wise. You know what I mean? And the thing that really hurts Julio's is the touchdowns, but he's not a like, two touchdown guy. He's never going to just completely get you no touchdowns. He's going to have two touchdowns on the year, but he's not going to get you 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with Julio, I think, you know, you can get, you can lock him in for a hundred catches. You can lock him in for 1250 plus yards and you can lock him in for, you know, five to eight touchdowns, no matter what. And to me, that's, that's the safest you're going to get when it comes to the wide receiver position, because, the the other guys like in the second round that you would be looking at is like, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, he's going to be was, safe. That was going to be my guy. Like, yeah, if you're going to say Julio, I'm going to say Kelsey. And that, that would be like the two safest guys that usually go in the second round. Yeah. Cause even, you know, some people are like bringing up, you know, Jacobs and how he could be really safe. But when you're talking about guys that, and like I said, you need those concrete, going to be you know every week guys 
you know, I just don't put him in that category. I mean, yeah, I would say Chubb. Yeah, I would say Chubb, Chubb is another probably... guy in the second round I would love to get. Yep. Yo, because you know he's going to get close to 275 touches no matter what. You know what I mean? Like, he did it last year, and I don't think they saw anything from him to not want to give him more touches or give him the same amount of touches. Exactly. I mean, you know, whether Kareem Hunt's there or not, you know, I do think Nick Chubb is still the running, the better running back, and they're going to put the ball in his hands. So I, in my opinion, yeah, those, those three guys are actually perfect. You know, like you said, Julio's kind of a back end of the first round. Sometimes he gets into the second round, but if he's second round, Kelsey and Nick Chubb, I, I agree. Those three might be the safest. Uh, Kenny Galladay is probably another one I think has been safe. Mm-hmm. He's been doing it for about two or three years now where he's really proven to be, you know, one of those guys that's going to put up numbers. I mean, like I said, he did it when we've ever we've talked about Galladay. I said he did it with David Blau as his quarterback last year. If Matthew Stafford is there, you know, Kenny Galladay has top five upside. It's not that you know preposterous to think. Yep. Um. So as we get into the third round, uh, you know, with this, I mean, obviously you got the quarterbacks in the third round. Yeah. So those I don't know how safe Lamar Jackson is. I mean, I agree. He's good, obviously, but as much as he runs, there's just a crazy opportunity for his injury. And the last thing you need as a guy drafting your quarterback in the early third round is for that guy to get injured in a best ball because that just destroys you. Mm-hmm. And you know, I just think that Lamar for best ball is a little too risky to take, but Mahomes, I would take in a heartbeat. You know, um, you know, third round, I, I he's safe. I don't really take him take a quarterback that high even in best ball, but safe. Mahomes is definitely a safe pick in the third round. Yeah, I agree. And, and see, this is the other thing. So, I get the Lamar Jackson has not really ever had a serious injury and he run, you know, I mean, he just knows when to get down and I I said that last year, you know what I mean? I said the same thing about Kyler Murray, you know what I mean? I said these two guys kind of know when to get down. They know when to run out of bounds. That's that and that's the one really big thing with Kyler, which is why I really like getting Kyler in best ball because I feel like Kyler is one of those guys that is very smart he will get you those running yards, but he's very smart about getting out of bounds. So with me, Lamar, you know, he does the same thing. Like he'll go out of bounds. He'll kind of run around in the middle, but he's a lot bigger of a guy. So he definitely has that possibility of getting cracked on, on a run one time. You know what I mean? He, somebody trips him up and somebody jumps on his back. You know, it's just, it's just one of those things where he makes me super nervous is where, you know, I don't see that same kind of hit patterns with Kyler. Kyler kind of knows how to protect himself. So, you know, I definitely agree with Lamar. I just, I don't, I don't feel comfortable taking him over like a Patrick Mahomes. And in here, it's, what is Pat, 30? They got, yeah, they got Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, Lamar is a second rounder on here. I I can't. And that's, that's really high. And I get it. I I mean, I get, if you're taking the points that he scored last year and you think he's going to get you that every single week, then yeah, he's a second round pick. But this is kind of what I was telling people last year about Patrick Mahomes. Like, I never, ever, ever take a quarterback after his career year. And that was, let's put, let's, let's be honest and let's be real. That's probably going to be Lamar Jackson's best year of his career. Like it's, 
and and I'm not saying Lamar is bad. That's not what I'm saying at all. So don't try to like mix my words up and say I'm being he's bad. But he had a hell of a year. He was the MVP of the league last year. He was amazing last year. So to say that he's going to repeat that, did Patrick Mahomes repeat that last year? Even if Patrick Mahomes stayed healthy last year and didn't miss the games that he missed, he was not on a 50 touchdown pace at any point in the season. You know what nope. I mean? He wasn't on a 50 touchdown pace. So to say that, you know, Lamar is going to come out and be just as good this year as he was last year, I think is a little bit of a stretch. So to take him in round two, you know, that could that could have really hurt your fantasy team. Yeah. Any other guys that you're looking at in the top from 25 to 36 that you consider safe? I do have one one guy here that I'm going to make an argument for. And I get if the argument falls on deaf ears to some people because Juju hurt a lot of people last year. But if Big Ben, and this is the only reason I say this, because it really just is Big Ben. If Big Ben stays healthy, even for 14 games, I don't even care if he plays all 16. If he plays healthy for 14 games, I think Juju is a lock for 175 targets. I don't think it's a stretch or even a little bit of a, you know, anomaly of me saying this. I think this is like a, a legit thing. So a guy that I can get, you know, what is he here? I think Juju's 28. 28. Yeah. So I'm getting him I'm getting him in round three, the beginning of round three. And to me, if he gets 175 targets with a healthy Big Ben this year, he's going to be good. Like he's he's going to probably be a hundred catch receiver with, you know, same thing as Julio. I mean Close to twelve hundred yards. I mean, I don't think he's get. I don't think he has the upside of fifteen hundred yards, but I think he has the twelve to fourteen hundred yards as his very like top end. And he scores touchdowns too. That's the other thing. He he. You know, Juju has been very prolific scoring touchdowns with Big Ben. So I don't think it's crazy to say that Juju could have you know a very good season and a guy that I I feel I feel safe that you know Big Ben is going to play at least twelve games. And I think if he gets that from Ju- you know Big Ben, I think Juju's you know safe as they come in the third round. Yeah, um, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I don't know how you feel, but you just brought him up, like Todd Gurley in the third round to me. Like last year was probably the worst year that he's had since his maybe his rookie year when he missed the first six games, and he still was like a back end RB one or RB or, or top end RB two depending on your format. It's like everybody thought this dude was done last year. And now he goes into a system where there is no other running backs taking work from him. I mean, I don't think Ito Smith is that good. I don't think none of those other rookies and guys that they had last year are going to take work away from Gurley. He's good. And the Falcons have no investment in Gurley like the Rams did. The Rams were trying to preserve his career last year. And obviously, it like, didn't work out for them. Like, but... The Falcons have no investment in Gurley, and they're going to run him as much as they need to 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 win games. They're if they're if he's doing well, they're going to ride him. If he's catching the ball out of the backfield, they're going to, you know, throw it to him a ton. So to me, I think Todd Gurley is a guy that is pretty safe in round three, and it's not like he's missing games. Like what did he play fourteen last year? Mm, yeah. I think he missed like two games last year. I mean, you get fourteen games from your running back, which is pretty good considering most running backs wind up missing games. You know, I, I think Todd Gurley is is pretty safe. You no, know, in my opinion. 
Um, let's move on to the fourth round. Let's try to just try to speed it up a little bit okay. because we're getting into the later, getting into these rounds here, and I want to talk about some home runs later in the draft. Um, but uh, in this fourth round, um, for me, Chris Carson. Uh, Chris Carson's a guy that every year it winds up as a top ten running back, and disrespect it, boy. He gets so disrespected every. Like, he's never drafted that high, and. You know, to go into the fourth round after you know having twelve hundred rushing yards is just you know I, I think that's that's a very safe pick in there. Yeah, I agree. So this fourth, and we said this the other day when we were talking about the fourth round. Uh, you know, guys that we were trying to pick. There was just so many guys in the fourth round uh, when we were doing our you know mock draft that we love and we we really are just want to get on our team. But there's three guys that really really stick out to me here. Uh, Zach Ertz is is one of them. The other one is Cooper Cup, and the last one is DJ Moore. These are all guys going in, you know, the fourth round. To me, I'm personally going to go with Cooper Cup, just because I know Cooper Cup has ten touchdown plus upside. As where DJ Moore, I think, has probably he probably blows him out of the water in in yards. He probably I think DJ Moore this year could be a 1500 yard receiving wide receiver i just i i love dj moore's explosiveness but he just doesn't have the knack for the end zone that that that's the difference between him and cup yep. yeah and and i think coop is probably safe for 12 12 11 1200 yards you know what i mean i don't think he has the 1500 yard explosion that 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 dj could have but i do think he can be 10 touchdowns very very easily so you know, Cooper Cup to me is probably the safest of those three guys, and it's literally just because of the touchdowns. I think Zach Ertz is as safe as you're going to come with when it comes to tight ends. I think like he's a no-brainer top three guy because he's just he's just so dominant in in his offense. Like Carson loves to throw them the ball. He he has a nose for the end zone. The guy catches everything. If you're if any Eagles fans that listen to this podcast and watch Zach Ertz play, like. You know, he's just one of my favorite tight ends to watch play because the dude catches literally everything. Like, I don't remember watching him drop a pass, and I couldn't even tell you how long. I, I don't remember a game where I was like, how do you drop that? Like, he just yeah. is very shorthanded. Yeah, I remember one drop just because I watched it recently, uh, watching some of the Eagles games, doing the player profiles. But I, it's exactly – it's like so far and few between, and – not just that with Ertz, but you know he he's extremely consistent and has been doing it forever. And you're getting this tight end in the fourth round. It to me, you know, tight, I, Zach Ertz is on the team that I just was talking about a little earlier, and that's about as safe as you can get with, especially a tight end in the fourth round. Um, there's a lot of guys in this round, honestly. I mean, I I feel safe with Robert Woods. I feel safe with Tyler Lockett. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, I'm surprised you didn't throw your boy Keenan Allen out there. Yeah, uh, I was thinking Keenan, but I have those other guys ranked higher. You know what I mean? I, ha oh, I yeah. think the only guy that I don't have ranked higher is is uh, DJ Moore. But you're right about Keenan. Like, I think Keenan's going to be a top 15 receiver just because he's that good. But he, <laughs> you know what I mean? With a new quarterback and a new system, he, he I feel, I feel much more confident that DJ Moore is going to be heavily targeted in you know in an offense that's getting an upgraded quarterback against you know a guy who's getting a downgraded quarterback yeah 
So uh, there is a couple ones that kind of questionable to me, like DK Metcalf. I wouldn't take in the fourth in this format just because I still think that he has a little bit more to prove compared to some of these other guys. There ain't no way in hell I'm taking Devontae Parker no, in the fourth round. I was round. just thinking that. I've seen Devontae Parker in the fourth round, and I'm like, Ooh. Yeah. And there ain't no way in hell I'm taking Jonathan Taylor in the fourth round in yeah, best. No. Yeah, no. We've talked about Marlon Mack probably being the go-to guy early in the season. Mm, yep. Uh, so fifth and sixth round will just kind of combine. Um, I have you know, t- I, two guys that I love in this round. I just Fifth round? Yes. Okay. Why don't you spit them out? So I'll spit my two guys out. So David Johnson at pick 57. I love this. Yeah. <laughs> like, Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Mark Ingram. <laughs> dude, Mark Ingram. And those are the two guys that I was going to say, David Johnson uh, and and Mark Ingram. To me, I don't think it gets any safer than, than those two guys. Like, listen, we've talked about Mark Ingram, so I don't need to to go on a big tirade about Mark Ingram, but I will go on a big tirade about David Johnson. They traded this dude for DeAndre Hopkins, right? Do you think for a second that Bill O'Brien is not going to use this guy? He traded his best weapon in DeAndre Hopkins straight up, almost straight up for David Johnson. If you think that he is not going to try to feature David Johnson on this on this offense, I think you were sadly mistaken. And if you're not taking David Johnson at in the fifth round, I don't know who the hell you're taking and being like, oh my God, this guy is going to be amazing. Uh, David Johnson, Mark, yeah, Mark Ingram. <laughs> that's literally the two guys that it's like, to, I don't even understand how, these are fourth round guys to me. These In my best ball leagues, I'm taking these guys in the fourth round and they're, they're a fifth round here. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I like Le'Veon too. I, I mean, most best ball are PPR leagues, and you know Le'Veon Bell last year had like sixty something, seventy something catches. Like he, he still, as bad as he was, he was like a four, number fourteen running back. It's the same thing as Gurley. Like they didn't have great years last year, but guess what? They still finished top fifteen. And if you're getting a top fifteen running back in the fifth round, you're probably doing well for yourself. Um, yep. You know, I, I'll go. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, DJ Chark, I think, is pretty safe, but I don't. He still has a little to prove with the quarterback. T.Y. Hilton gets injured a lot. Um, you know, new quarterback, new system. Stefan Diggs, I think, could be, you know, could be a safe pick, but he's another one. New quarterback, new system. So I agree. I think the running backs in this one are probably the best bets. Mm-hmm. And as you get into. The sixth round, I don't I don't think there's a better one than Russell Wilson. No. Yeah. Me, I talked about that. I would take Russell in a redraft in the sixth round just because I think he's going to and I, I think he's gonna be the, the number three quarterback. And if he gets Antonio Brown, I think he's the number one quarterback. Despite mm-hmm. Antonio missing the first half of the season, I just think that if you give this dude that that kind of complement of weapons with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, and Antonio Brown. There ain't no stopping Russell Westbrook at that point. <laughs> like yeah. he's got a running game and those three weapons. God, that's yeah. that's scary for the NFL. Yeah, I agree. Um, to me, really, this is like the range end of the fifth round, beginning of the sixth round is where I really start hitting quarterback in best ball. So you know, you might actually see me go, and this is where you know I think best ball completely differs from every other format other than two QB leagues is. Like, I'll take Russell Wilson in the sixth and then come right back and take Drew Brees in the seventh 
That way I know I have my two quarterbacks locked up and these are two guys that I feel safe that are going to play 16 games and I don't have to worry about it. And then if I, you know I mean? Because I picked Drew Brees, Jameis Winston, you know what I mean? At the end of the draft, like t- round 24. So, you know, that that's kind of what I was explaining to you guys in the beginning. That's kind of the way I attack best ball. But to me, that's real simple. Those guys. But the only other guy that I see on here that honestly, I feel pretty confident that he's going to finish you know, right around this area is, is, uh, what's it called? Devin Singletary. I mean, he's at 20, he's at 67. Yeah. I mean, to me in, in this area for running back, like you look at some of the other guys in this, in this area. And I was going to say Jarvis Landry at first. I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say Jarvis and Tyler Boyd. Both. Yeah. So I was going to say Jarvis Landry, but for me, I think Devin Singletary I think he's going to have a good season this year. I think, you know, if you missed out on, on a couple of running backs that you were high on in the beginning, you know, this is kind of where you can say, okay, you know what? I'll take Devin Singletary here. And if he has a good season for me, you know, we're going to be good. So, and I know he was a little bit banged up last year, but in the sixth round, if you miss out on those quarterbacks and you decide, you know, maybe I'm a little bit weak at running back here. I need to, I need to get some running backs here. I think Devin Singletary is a really good running back to get, you know, right here in the sixth round. Yeah, 100%. I agree with that. Um, and like I said, I, I think Jarvis Landry, uh, you know, every year this dude finishes as a top 24 wide receiver. Uh, so if you're getting that guy at wide receiver 29, the way they have him right now, that would be, that's to me, a, a great pick. And Tyler Boyd's another one. Like I brought him up a couple days ago, like when we did the uh, mid round steals. You know, this guy's going at 69 overall, wide receiver 30. And the last two years, he's been a top 24 wide receiver. So, you know, to me, that's another guy. Like, I don't think that he his production's going anywhere. I don't know. You know, I guess maybe they think AJ Green is going to take away. But when AJ Green's played, Tyler Boyd has been even better. So, you know, to me, uh, Tyler Boyd is another one that's pretty safe uh, in this spot. Uh, so let's go through the let's just go through the rest now and start some. You know, going with some of our home run picks. Will Fuller was actually in that sixth round. I think I think that's a little early for me on him, yeah. just because you know he's getting hurt. And if you're picking him in the sixth round, that means he's pretty much one of your starting players. And if I'm picking him, I, I would rather pick Brandon Cooks before I took Will Fuller. If you know you had going to pick Will Fuller that high, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So like, there's a couple of guys here that actually. I would consider home runs. So in the eighties, let's just do the from 81 to 90 Kev. Right. Okay. So in 81 to 90, just looking at these ranks, uh, Marquise Brown, great one mm-hmm. to take a chance on. Cause you know, he can, he can blow up. Michael Gallup is another one for me that I think, you know, if I was in this round and I'm taking these guys, you know, Michael Gallup would be one that I definitely consider. Cause we told you the numbers the other day. He is just, you know, he was just as good as Amari Cooper last year, period. That's, that's, that's it there's no other way to say it he was just as good as he was and then the guy for me that i'm going to be taking in this round is darius guys yeah darius guys is a great one in this round and that's the guy that i'm going to be taking in this round because i just feel like i want to start taking home runs here and to me darius guys is is a guy that i think could be a huge home run yeah darius guys if he winds up you know panning out and like we said, we're taking home run shots now after once you get, you know, at this point in best ball, 
you know, Darius Geis is a guy that, that could win people leagues, honestly, because of where he's going. Um, you know, so to me, I, I think I think he is definitely a great one to pick. So, all right, uh, as we get down into the 91 to 100 range, um, you know, I think Marlon Mack is probably a good one in that range. We talked about that earlier. Like, you know, Jonathan Taylor going in the fourth round compared to Marlon Mack, you know, going in the, what did, what would this be, like the eighth round, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, I'd much rather take Mack in the eighth round in a best ball just because I think he's going to, it's going to be a one-two punch. And, you know, maybe Taylor takes that job later in the year. But, you know, for a first half of the season, you're going to get good, uh, you know, good, you know, work out of Marlon Mack. Um, another one that I like taking here also is Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is a home run type of player. Uh, we saw it last year in a few different games. He's a guy that can erupt for, you know, a hundred yards and a touchdown, you know, 150 yards and two touchdowns. He's, he's, you know, a deep threat and those deep threats can win you weeks. So Darius Slayton is, is a, you know, home run that I like to take in this area as well. Yeah. For me in this area, there's actually two guys that I really like here. Uh, one of them is Jared Cook, I think. Yep. I mean, if you are one of those guys that, you know, has, let's say, I'm trying to think who some of the other tight ends that are in that range, Hunter Henry. Let's say you took Hunter Henry because you're a high Hunter Henry guy this year, and you think Hunter Henry is going to be a top, whatever, six tight end. I think Jared Cook is at this point the best player to take for you. Because he could end up being your better tight end for the entire season. And I just want to mention this real quick. In best ball, these positions like tight end, I mean, you know, quarterback, defense, you know, if you play in a best ball league that has kickers, you need three of each of those positions, right? You need three defenses. You need three kickers. You need, you know, because not only do you have to worry about bye weeks, but you also have to worry about... You know, if the defense that you picked is trash, you know what I mean? <laughs> you want to have two defenses just because even trash defenses can score 15 points in a week. So, uh-huh. you know what I mean? It's it's nice to have those three defenses on your team, and then they kind of rotate weeks. You know, so on best ball, I think I do – I think I look at defensive strategy more than I even look at it on, you know, in my regular redraft leagues because I like to take teams where if I have a bye week, let's say for just for an example, I have the new England Patriots on my team and on their bye week, you know, the Buffalo bills, which you're probably not going to get two of those defenses, but just, just for saying, let's say you have the Buffalo bills as your second defense and they're playing the jets. You're probably going to be really happy about that. You're going to want to, you know what I mean? Have that team. So whatever that team is that has a really good, you know, bi-week schedule, you know, with the Patriots where it mixes up that well, you could do it that way. But, yeah, you just want to have those three just because, you know, kickers are so all over the place. One week your kicker could get you 12, the next week he gets you three. You know what I mean? So you want to have three of those guys so that you're getting the maximum amount of points from your kicker every week. You know what I mean? And then tight end, if you don't have a really good one, you know what I mean? Like Ertz and, and your Kelsey's and your Kittles, you know, those guys, if you don't have one of those guys, you want to do like what Kev was saying in, in your, you know, in your leagues, you want to take three of those guys. So, you know, so for me, Jared Cook is like the perfect, you know, pairing guy that you want to take with whatever tight end you have, especially if it's not one of those top fours. And then the other guy here is Tom Brady. You know what I mean, Tom Brady, I think is, 
as safe as they come. The dude doesn't miss any football games. He's He probably has the best wide receiving core he's ever had as a professional football player uh, this year. You know what I mean? I can't think of any, you know, Randy Moss year. You could say that, but it was literally just Randy Moss. And then Gronk, you know, was starting to come on as Randy, you know, with Randy. But, you know, the stable of wide receivers this guy has this year is better than he's ever had. So to me, I think, I think in this, you know, area, Tom Brady is probably as safe as it comes. Yep. All right. So now we're going to one Oh one to one ten, And I think we talked about Damian Williams. That's mm-hmm. probably, you know, it's probably the best pick to make in this area just because like you said, he's going to be the starter, you know, his coach is talking him up like he's going to get even better. So, you know, I think Damian Williams is the, is one. Um, that's pretty much the only one I really like. I mean, I like Ben. I like Big Ben. Uh, that's another one I like here. And maybe Emmanuel Sanders. But the rest of them, like Noah Fant to me, if you didn't draft a tight end early, is definitely a guy here. But, you know, if I drafted it, I'm looking to draft a, a good tight end in best ball. So Noah, Noah Fant probably wouldn't be on my team. But, you know, um, yeah, they're probably the better ones for me in this little area. Yeah, I think the only guy here that I actually, you know, other than the ones that you said, you know what I mean? I actually like taking on Johnson here at 104. Yeah. Um, But, you know, Matt Breida, you don't know what the split is going to be between him and, and Howard. You know, everybody assumes on is going to lose his job, but I, I – you know, I'm not one of those guys that says Carrion is going to lose his job. I think he splits he splits work. I don't think he's going to be the full time featured back the way everybody's saying, but I do think he could probably be the more touch guy, especially this very first year. Um, don't get me wrong. I think Swift will eventually be the running back for this team, but you know, I don't think that it's going to be this year. So I do think Carrion is pretty safe here. You know, at pick 104. Yeah. All right, and let's go into the next section here. Uh, we can just start talking about some players that we like instead of actually going through the, the you know, the numbers here. Mm-hmm. Just, so, I mean, we're basically now approaching round 10 yep. to where you're really taking the home runs. Yeah. Uh, one guy I will say that I love, he's the first one, is Ronald Jones. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not going to get too much in depth about it because I have a lot of information on Ronald Jones coming Wednesday when we do, uh, we're going to be doing um, bold predictions. So, and Ronald Jones is definitely going to be one of my bold predictions, but uh, yeah, I'll get more into that on, on, on Wednesday's podcast, but Ronald Jones, yeah, Ronald (laughs) Jones is going to be a guy that in this area I would draft. Yeah, for me, if I have to pick a guy here, um, I'm going to go with Brashad Perryman. I think, you know, Brashad Perryman is, I think he's going to be the best receiver on this Jets team, if I'm being honest. I Like, I really believe that. And he's actually somebody that I'm going to bring up on Wednesday because I have a bold prediction of, you know, Brashad Perryman. I think he finally uh, has a, a... a season that we all go, okay, Bashar Perryman was the real deal, not just the the hype of a rookie, you know, being drafted in the first round. Yeah. This actually right here is a good spot. Like, I would love to get J.K. Dobbins here, too. Because mm-hmm. if you wind up snap, like, if you wind up getting a Mark Ingram injury and J.K. Dobbins winds up being the guy, 
man, you're getting a stud in the 11th, 10th, 11th round. Like that to me is, is perfect. Yeah. Perfect. pick. Like that's, that's the home run pick now that you're taking this, this late in the draft um, or this, yeah, this late in the, the best ball draft. Um, some other guys, I mean, just going down the list, I mean, I haven't, we haven't come across Deshaun yet. Deshaun has to go, or, yeah, he's 138. Like, to me, Deshaun should be going earlier than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess 120 would be the 10th round. So, I mean, you know, to me, Deshaun Jackson is the best, best ball pick <laughs> late in drafts, probably ever. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I mean, this, like, you know, Deshaun is winning you weeks. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't, I can't agree, I can't disagree with that at all. I think Deshaun Jackson is as safe as they come, you know, in round 11, 12, 13. And it, the, the funny part is, of all the years that we've listened to different podcasts about Deshaun Jackson and how he's a great best ball guy and blah 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 blah, this year he could actually be good in both. He yeah. could be redraft viable, and you know. I, he could be really good this year. And if you get him in, you know, round 11, 12, uh, and he performs as a top 24 wide receiver this year, which is, I don't think that's crazy. You know what I mean, I, it's definitely in the realm of his possibility. If he is the number one wide receiver with a Carson Wentz throwing to him all season long. So, you know, I, I, I definitely like getting him, but the guy that I will bring up here, uh, he's not a home run guy here, but you know, I like getting him in the one thirties and it's golden Tate. And it's just because I do think Golden Tate is going to be the best receiver on the Giants offense just because if you saw anything out of last year watching Golden Tate play with Daniel Jones, I saw that Daniel Jones trusted Golden Tate, you know what I mean, more than he trusted the other receivers on the team. And the other guys, there were some of them that were good and there were some of them, you know, some weeks they were good, some weeks they were bad. But Golden Tate was basically, you know, the guy that you know, Daniel Jones threw to when he was in trouble. So, you know, I think that continues this year. And if Daniel Jones gets better, which we're all hoping, you know, I think that could be a, a good pick later on in the draft. Yeah. Another one is, is another typical that I'm going to bring up, but McCall Hardman at 152. Like, I mean, we've seen this guy last year have huge game, a couple huge games. It seemed like every time he touched the ball, he scored a touchdown. You know, he's got, nine. A stud quarterback throwing him the football. I mean, to me, McCall Hardman this late in the this late in a best ball has the ability to win you weeks. And this late, this is that's what you're looking for. I mean, you're talking about a guy who what he had he had I think like 30 catches, but had 600 yards. I mean, it was just like unbelievable. Yeah. So I'll actually give two more guys, and I think I'll be done with the guys that I want to talk about. So. Tariq Cohen. Um, yeah, I you know, saw him too. Yeah. At 135, Tariq Cohen, me and Kev said it, like this dude legit has the ability to be a top 24 guy that you're getting in, you know, 135. So, you know, if you're hurting at running back and you need to grab two or three more guys, I am 100% grabbing Tariq Cohen and, uh, you know, I'm I'm riding that this year. I I really like getting Tariq Cohen later on in in every draft, just regular, you know, just redrafts and and best balls. I'm just I like what I think Tariq Cohen could do this year. Yeah, um, another guy I will say that I like taking a home run shot on this late 
is Michael Pittman Jr. Um, because I think Michael Pittman Jr. has, you know, the upside for six, seven touchdowns with Phillip Rivers just airing the ball out to him. You know, we kind of saw Mike Williams have big games, and that's honestly his comparison is is Mike Williams. He's a, you know, six five, you know, two hundred and twenty pound receiver that just goes up and gets the ball and. You know, I, I can see him being in the red zone, being used on those those jump balls and, you know, being sent downfield for for deep, you know, deep passes. And like I said, I, I think he has upside of eight touchdowns or, you know, in, in with Phil Rivers throwing the ball. And, you know, Frank Reich likes him. He compared him to Mike Williams when he was there. Mike, you know, Frank Reich, uh, I'm pretty sure was on the coaching staff when, when they drafted Mike Williams. And so. You know, to me, I think with a guy that much touchdown upside, I think Michael Pittman Jr. is a good one to draft this late. Yeah, so my last guy that I've been taking, like, trying to get in every best ball league at the end of, you know, my drafts, round 19, 20, that's kind of the end of the drafts because, you know, the other rounds you're kind of taking kickers and defenses and you're trying to fill those spots. But I love taking LaVisca Chanel as, like, my last wide receiver. And the reason I like that so much is because I do think he's going to be the big play breaker on this team. You know what I mean? I know, you know, don't get me wrong, I think DJ Chark is the number one receiver. But when you're talking about, like, the big playmaker that they're trying to, you know, get the ball in space to, I think that's Lidovisca Chanel. I think he's immediately the most dynamic, like, okay, not dynamic, the most athletic receiver that they have. And we saw what he can do in college when he gets the ball in space. You know, he makes guys miss. He can outrun you. You know, he he's actually a stronger guy. He, I mean, throws a pretty good stiff arm. He, he doesn't go down like people actually have to bring this man down because he doesn't just go down uh, on art. He looks like a running back when he catches the football. He really does. Yeah. So, you know, to me, LaVisca Chanel is a guy that, you know, I like taking at the end because I think, you know, if he catches 40 or 50 balls this year, I think he's going to be really good. So, you know, it's a guy that I like getting in. If he has a couple of games where he just blows up, then, you know, you're going to be really happy. You took him at the end. Oh, um, my last guy is Nikhil Harry. Um, Nikhil Harry going this late, um, you know, with Cam Newton throwing him the ball. Uh, we talked, you know, the recently I think we talked about the Patriots and basically we're saying like they're they're going to score points. Like like teams don't just score po- like stop scoring. And you know, if you're looking for a guy that can score a lot of touchdowns for New England, it's like through the air. It's it's Nikhil Harry. Like he's he's very similar to like what I was just saying with uh, Michael Pittman Jr., where he's a big receiver. Um, you know, Steve talked about him last year. He was a favorite receiver last year, a guy that was making – if you look at his highlight reel from his last year in college, man, he was making incredible catches. Um, you know, so you put him with Cam Newton, who's a guy who's always targeted big body receivers, knows how to get the ball to a Kelvin Benjamin. You know, Nikhil Harry's a first-round pick, has a first-round talent. So, you know, to me, that's a guy that you can, you know, take a shot on late and, you know, hope that he pans out to score – you know, six, seven touchdowns this year. Uh, any late, late, I mean, I, I'll just say this. I'm not, we're not going to get into the late guys because you know what? If you want really, really, really late guys, just go listen to our deep, deep, deep sleepers podcast that we did on Friday mm-hmm. because that'll go into some of the same things that we're talking about now. Deep sleepers that, you know, you can pick in these best ball drafts. You know, LaVisca Chenault was one of them. Uh, 
So, yeah, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for tonight. Um, anything else you want to add? Anything, Steve? Mm, just make sure you get your threes. That's what I tell everybody in, yeah. in best ball. When people ask me, hey, uh, you know, I'm doing my first best ball league. What should I do? I always tell everybody the same thing. Make sure you do the threes. Three quarterbacks, three tight ends, three t- uh, three defenses, three kickers. Those you need three at each of those positions. Yep, and then and then fill the rest of your team with wide receivers and t- and, and running backs. All right, there you have it. Uh, remember, check us out on our website www.cheatcodesports.com. It's www.cheatcodesports.com. We got a, you know rankings on there. We have articles on there weekly. Um, we have uh, the cheat codes, which is basically a visual breakdown of every team's offense from last year. You know, percentage breakdowns, uh, usage breakdowns for the players, and really is a good tool on helping you see, you know, how, you know what teams were doing and how they were using different players. Um, and then we have the player profile, profile PDF packet, which comes with a tiered out draft guideline. And that, you know, we're giving to you for 10 bucks, nothing crazy. Uh, so check all that stuff out, guys. There's a lot of good information on the website. Um, and until Wednesday's podcast, peace out, guys. Peace.